Microsoft disappointed, of course, as the AI craze wasn't reflected in its cloud computing business growth last quarter, nor in the near-term projections from the firm. Google, on the other hand, jumped in the after-hours trading as a search engine actually withstood the AI competition last quarter. Now, more earnings are on the pipeline and the Federal Reserve will announce its latest monetary policy decision later today. So welcome. This is Swiss Codes daily market talk. Surprise, surprise, Microsoft failed to meet investor expectations when it announced its second quarter results yesterday after the bell. Both revenue and earnings beat expectations, yes, but but the company actually reported a decelerating demand for its cloud computing services to 26% and also projected Azure to grow between 25 to 26% for the current quarter. So that won't obviously set the world on fire and we are quite far from the 35% growth that we got used to back in the good old days. So Microsoft stock plunged up to 4% in the after hours trading yesterday after the results alphabet on the other hand announced a strong quarter for its research business advertisement hinting that google search actually managed to withstand so far with the ai competition from microsoft and its cloud business posted a 28 percent growth so that was more than the Microsoft's. And believe me, no one was expecting that. So that was a real surprise. So Google shares jumped 6% in the after hours trading after the results. Elsewhere, Snap tanks almost 20% as overall sales for the company declined and the forecast also remained short of analyst expectations, while GM lost some 3.5% at yesterday's trading session after raising its earnings forecast. But, but, but that forecast actually holds only but if only the workers don't go on a strike and according to Evercore ISI well the chance of a strike at GM is about 50-50. So today, Meta, Coca-Cola and Boeing will be among the big, big names that will be reporting their second quarter earnings and the S&P 500 advanced to the highest, highest level since April 2022 yesterday, while the Nasdaq 100 index was up by 0.73%. Now, zooming out of the company earnings, the IMF actually raises outlook for the world economy this year, and it now expects the global GDP to expand 3% in 2023. But, but it also warned that Germany will probably be the only G7 economy to suffer an economic contraction this year. Now, I know normally the position of the worst G7 economy was reserved for the UK, but apparently the winds could rapidly change direction. So, whew, for the risk, we can uh, actually, you know, pass the title of the worst G7 economy to the Germans. What a time to be alive, right? Of course, the IMF also warned that there are some risks to their optimistic forecast about the world economic growth, including the higher interest rates around the globe, the Chinese recovery that doesn't come, the debt distress around the globe as well, and shocks from war and climate related to 
disasters. But all in all, the US economy will apparently likely end this year as a champion of soft landing if all goes well. Now I say if all goes well because PacWest has been the latest US regional bank to succumb to this year's banking stress and its shares plunged by 27% at yesterday's trading session after Bank of California agreed to buy it. So the fact that we don't talk about the US regional banks every single day doesn't necessarily mean that the industry is doing fine and the stress is over just yet. So if banking stress in the US is contained and that's the base case scenario, well, the projections for US growth are strong. So that's all you need to know. And Canada and Japan could also follow the US in this strong forecast. So that's your landscape pretty much. And all this positiveness and optimism around the US economy is obviously giving some hawkish ideas to the Federal Reserve, which will likely announce another 25 basis point hike in its interest rates today. And it will also warn that there could be more interest rates in the store for the coming meetings. And this hawkishness from the Fed will likely continue as long as the US consumers keep spending their money. I mean, look at the latest numbers out there. The US Consumer Confidence Index keeps rising and it now stands at 117 level versus around 95 level just a year ago. And one study suggests that local consumers could spend as much as 4.6 billion US dollars tied to Taylor Swift's latest store in hotels, in dining out, and other expenses, obviously unnecessary expenses. And Bobby amassed 162 million US dollars in its opening weekend this month. And the strength of these numbers obviously could justify a reasonably hawkish Fed today, even if the IMF said that risks to inflation are now more balanced and most major economies, and I believe that they definitely also talk about the US when they say most major economies here, well, they are less likely to need additional outsized increases in their monetary policy rates. What they could do, however, is obviously to reduce the size of their balance sheet to fight inflation or to continue fighting inflation. Because according to a recent study, given the little, little progress that we see on the Federal Reserve's balance sheet reduction front, well, the feeling of the interest rate hikes in the US is not around 5.25% as officials numbers suggest, but it's rather around 3.80%. Anyway, the US two-year yield is in a wait-and-see mode near the 4.90% level. Either it will go back above the 5% psychological mark with a hawkish Federal Reserve statement today, or it will retreat toward the 50-day moving average near the 465% level with a reasonably hawkish Fed statement if the Federal Reserve opts for another skip, for example. The US dollar index pushes higher these days as expectations for other central banks soften due to the softer than expected economic data that's out these days, suggesting a softer action from the likes of European Central Bank and the Bank of England in the coming months, in the coming monetary policy meetings. The euro dollar, for example, continues its nosedive at yesterday's trading session 
on IMF's less-than-ideal Germany outlook and on the news that corporate loan demand plunged by most on record in the second quarter as higher interest rates in the eurozone started to bite European businesses. Now, unfortunately for everyone, inflation expectations are getting stronger and that's globally these days as the rising energy and the rising crop prices hint at the upcoming inflation figures won't be a piece of cake because the barrel of US crude flirted with the $80 per barrel level yesterday and that was on the Chinese stimulus hopes and the pricing of a soft landing for the global economy while wheat futures actually continue rising along with the escalating tensions in the Black Sea and the Danube region between Ukraine and Russia. Corn and soybean futures rise as well as hot weather in the US belt is adding to the positive pressure especially for coal. So all in all when you look at all these price dynamics and the recent turn in energy and crop dynamics well all that doesn't point to a soothing inflation figures in the coming months and that simply means that we could have further interest rate hikes on the pipeline for everyone and when I say everyone I also mean Japan because listen to this Japan's inflation rate is now above the US inflation rate while interest rates in Japan remain in the negative territory still so Japan obviously prefers taking the risk of sticky inflation rather than taking the risk of a sticky deflation which is quite understandable looking at their uh, past couple of years but the Bank of Japan will have to act sooner rather than later to normalize their policy and there is now a growing number of folks out there expecting the Bank of Japan to make a sharp upside revision to their inflation forecast when they meet this week for their monetary policy meeting. So if that's the case we could actually see some renewed buying interest in the Japanese yen and as I have been telling you at some point in the near future well long the Japanese yen will again become a good trade. The question is when? So this is all for this week because I'm off to my summer break from tomorrow. I'm Ipekos Kardeshke and thank you for joining me and thank you for all your beautiful and supportive and insightful messages. I hope this episode of Market Talk has also been helpful and insightful to you. So please do not hesitate to leave your comments your reactions and your questions below as usual and follow us on instagram on twitter and on linkedin for regular market updates and subscribe of course to our youtube channel for daily market comments well i will meet you again in about two weeks and until then good day trading <music>